0: Welcome back to Stagging Wood with Josh and Travis Wyman. I'm Travis. I'm sitting in Los Angeles. Josh is sitting in actually New Hampshire this time. And uh, he's joined by a very special guest, our younger brother, Sam Wyman. Hey, Hi, Sam. Hey. How's it going, guys? Oh, pretty good. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll start off by asking both of you. Uh, how's how have things been going? Pretty good. Yeah, we, I just came down to Keene, New Hampshire, for Thanksgiving, so that was nice. We had a little family time, and uh, Sam and I have been having fun in the Cheshire County area the last few days. Yeah, oh, it's cool. always, always
1: good getting Josh down here. We got to get you back soon, Travis. I know. Yeah, I'm planning on it. And I, I just gotta say, I'm excited to be your first guest on the show. This is. Uh...
0: Wait, yeah. did you tell him that he's the first guest? Oh no! You're not the first guest. You're the third guest.
1: Hmm. All right. Yeah. So, but <laughs> well, that's Sam, good. That's, yeah, that's, that's cool. Good. You're Sam, you're, you're
0: the third guest. Wait. Yeah, because we're just figuring things out. So.
1: No, I'm just kidding. I listen to every episode. I know I'm third. It's kind of been a bit of a thorn in my ass, but uh, yeah. I, pre- I I thought about it today, and I was cool with it because uh, I think it's Jack and then Waylon. We're mm-hmm. on here, yeah, and uh, yeah, they're they're cool guys and great episodes. So, so yeah. you know, happy to be batting uh, batting third here. That's actually that's cleanup
0: in baseball, right? Or fourth is cleanup, fourth. but yeah, fourth still in the power yeah. position.
1: So, if you guys were, you know, if you really were thinking about me, you probably would have put one more guest and then I could have been fourth. But mm-hmm. well, <laughs> neither here nor there. It's, it's good, good to it, have. I still love good. you guys. It's good to know you're listening, Sam. Yeah, I listen to every episode. Well, no, I'm on episode four right now. I just finished the, uh, the one with Waylon McQueen. Oh, nice, nice. Or, uh, or Ryan.
0: Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, we've known each other a long time, right? Yeah. I remember, Sammy, Since I, uh, March 11th,
1: 1987.
0: Ooh. I, I want today. De- <laughs> are we doing that? I'm sipping a Tecate. <laughs>
1: yeah. Josh and I are having... What are we having, Josh?
0: We're having a classic Budweiser. <laughs> Not the light. the re- The real kind.
1: You can can almost hear the rice.
0: Hopefully we can get Budweiser on board. Yeah, that's the first
1: sponsorship. They've got a brewery over in uh, Merrimack, New Hampshire. They've got a brewery in Merrimack. We could go talk to them. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's not like one... I always thought there was just one big Budweiser brewery, you know, that supplied all the beer for the whole United States. But no, it's like... I think it's state by state or region. I think it might be the regional one.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So well. it, it, so if uh, things go bad in the U.S., you know
1: what, right where to drive to yeah. get all the well, beer. Well, you can smell it. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Cause they uh, there's a, a lot of byproducts when you make beer. So I learned that because when I was working, uh, I did a like what's it called work study at Keene State when I went to Keene State College. Yeah. And um, we'd apply like this treatment to the sidewalks. Before a snowstorm so that the the snow and the ice would come up easy when we were shoveling. Mm-hmm. And it was a, like a molasses type stuff. And it was the byproduct of the Budweiser that came from the Merrimack plant. Oh, and did they donate it to you or you, you bought I think it? so. Or maybe it was like really cheap. I think it was. I think they gave it to like UNH, University of New Hampshire, and uh, Keene State and Plymouth State. Like all the public or the, the state schools.
0: Well, so tonight. They- it's nice to know a, a corporation like Budweiser cares enough to not waste the byproduct. You yeah, know, they're, and they're spreading it all around town. They have a heart. Well, anyways, uh, yeah. So, just to give uh, the listeners at home a little background, Sam. Uh,
1: so, where do you where do you live right now? What's what you up yeah. to? Yeah. So, I, I live in Keene, New Hampshire, which um, is well. You guys have talked about Swansea. That was your Herald team, and where we all grew up. And so Swansea uh, is like 20 minutes south of where I live now in Keene. Keene's kind of like the booming metropolis of southwest New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, like 25,000 people. And uh, yeah, it's like where people all come to do their their tax-free shopping from Vermont and Massachusetts.
0: Yeah, and I, I tell everyone that the Pumpkin Festival came back this year.
1: And did you get yeah. a chance to see it? No, I di- it was more of a kids thing this year. Uh, yeah, so Pumpkin Fest, like, all my years at, at Keene State and in high school was, like, a big party and more of, like, a, it was supposed to be a kid's thing, but there were also, like, a lot of good keggers. And and uh, then it just spun a little bit out of control, and some cars were flipped, and the riots happened, and so it went away, and, and then it came back. Now it was, like, a kid's thing this year. Mm-hmm. So I think oh, a lot of my true. friends with kids, they, they went, and it was, like, lower key. It was, like, how it was when we first went when we were, like, little back in the early 90s. Yeah, it's gone full circle. Yeah, so I well, wasn't about gone. to just you know go brown bag and natty daddy and walk down oh. Main Street.
0: <laughs> oh, what I also what I've wondered have you, have you seen that guy that uh,
1: looks like Tarzan in a while? He left town, Jumanji Dave. You guys call him <laughs> Jumanji Dave? Yeah, yeah. He was, so there was a guy uh, that lived in the woods outside of Keene. This was probably like eight nine years ago maybe it was when i was bartending remember vendetta the bar that i bartended at yeah 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 I remember so, that. <clears throat> so i bartended at this yeah this bar called Ven- vendetta on main street and Keene when i was in college and there was a guy that used to walk around Keene and uh he everybody called him jumanji dave because he looked like uh robin williams when he came out of the jumanji game he yeah had, like a big beard but he was like a biker Jumanji because he had a leather jacket and he would bend spoons and forks for like jewelry around his toes. Around his toes? Yeah. So he'd walk barefoot. So,
0: so there's a fork bent around his toe like a ring? Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He'd do, he'd, yeah, he'd like bend him around his toes because he walked barefoot uh, 12 months out of the year. So you'd hear him coming, he'd kind of like jangle down the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he'd wear like like uh, Oakleys, like the tiny little Oakleys. And he'd come into the bar, and uh, he never had any money, so I'd give him free free martinis. And uh, <laughs> oh, he was a martini man. He loved Grey Goose. Wow. Huh. So he yeah. had
0: he had like a refined taste. Yeah. Was he, was he like a, a I think a He was former- playing me. A but former it, investment banker that just suddenly wanted to dress like He-Man and bend forks around his toes?
1: Well, that, yeah, there's all sorts of stories about like, oh, yeah, he's like a trust fund guy. He's got billions. But I got to the bottom of it one day. and No, he was, yeah, he was pretty hard up. He was a bartender down in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. And then he was homeless. And then he heard there was a good soup kitchen and uh, like oh, homeless community in Keene. So he moved north. They oh, said people oh. were a lot nicer up here than they were in Worcester.
0: But also, wasn't there a story? So I heard he was along the side of the highway leading into Keene one time, and a black bear started chasing him alongside the highway, and he was asking people if he could uh, get into their car for safety, yeah. but no one would let him into the cars, right?
1: Yeah, that yeah. that's kind of like a dark spot on... on you know he said we were really nice up here in keen but yeah nobody would let him in the car because his campsite got attacked by a bear yeah and that was confirmed that was in the local paper yeah he was like in his tent one morning and a bear just came in and started swatting at him and i think he had like a bow staff or some sort of a like a basic weapon that he was swinging at it but it kept kept charging at him so yeah he came up onto like uh, the highway and yeah nobody would stop to help him
0: oh man wait and i now, think he
1: eventually you- got away People saw that in broad daylight. him yeah. being chased by a bear. Well, they didn't see the bear. So basically, it was just like you know, it would be like a crazy guy with a leather jacket and like jingly like spoon toes coming at you. I probably wouldn't stop either. You know. Yeah, yeah. So there's zooming no out bear. from the situation. Well, he was a nice guy. I talked to him for like quite a few hours because happy hours, you know, on a Tuesday in Keene, New Hampshire are pretty slow. So I kind of welcome the chance to be able to talk to Jumanji Dave during my happy hour shift. So mm-hmm. I'd usually just bring my books and uh, study, and then he'd come in, and I was like, yes. <laughs> and so I'd just pour him like a big martini and just chat with him. and get. I'd get him pretty rocked, and then uh, our friend JJ, you know JJ. JJ and I bartended together, and he'd come in for like, I think it was the 7 o'clock Shift after my happy hour, so we could tag out. Yeah, and he'd be like, "God damn it!" <laughs> it's like you got Jumanji. Dave rocked again. I'm like, well, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> you just passed him off. Yeah. Yeah. My line was always, "I don't know, man." He went zero to sixty. It, he was fine, and then he was drunk. But <laughs> I knew. <laughs> did
0: did, did so he, you have a, also? He had like a big crocodile Dundee like Rambo knife right on yeah. his hip. Yeah. Would he Would he walk into the bar with the big knife on his hip? Oh yeah.
1: Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of characters in that bar. We had, uh, yeah, we'd have Jumanji Dave. Uh, we had the Free Staters from the the Free State Project. Have oh, you guys talked about that at all?
0: No. No, no, wanna... yeah. Could you tell us about the the Free Staters and yeah. where they're I don't want to talk too days. much. I feel
1: like I'm... No, go for no? it. Yeah. All right, yeah. So the Free State Project is... Uh, I actually wrote my thesis paper at Keen State on, on this group. Um uh, so I, I, had, I had some good contact with them. Essentially, Free State Project uh, started, I think, in like 2003. I might be butchering this, but it was like a paper written by a guy who went to Yale or Harvard about, uh, you know, essentially creating a society that was free of government mm-hmm. or just like a government that would handle the very, very basics. And so the, in this online forum, people started getting more interested, like, oh, that sounds cool, like a utopia with no government or the man telling us what to do and so they all voted on what state they would all move to um Mm -hmm. so that they could start this free state society and i think it came down to like new hampshire and somewhere like one of the dakotas or something like that because they wanted a state with a small population that they could if they got enough free staters to move into it they could get enough people into the uh, state government and then like Turn the tides and, and change the laws. Change the laws, change yeah. It, yeah. So we were lucky enough uh, in in New Hampshire that they chose us. All right. And so they started moving here in droves, and especially into Keene because I think they identified that Keene is uh, a little bit—I uh, don't know—a little. little like, there's a pretty strong libertarian uh, community here. I think it was there already, and they kind of recognized that. So mm. they really started moving into Keene quite a bit. The Robin Uh, Hood stuff started, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. So basically they they said sign our online uh, petition or whatever or or join the Free State Project and as soon as we get a certain amount of people into the state, then it's going to trigger this mass move where everybody who signed on to the Free State Project has to move here and Mm -hmm. then it'll become like the Free State.
0: And there was also a thing... uh with the parking meters in town, because the parking meters were coin fed when they moved here, right? And uh, they were following around the meter maid in Keene and filling up all the meters so that the meter maid could never give tickets, yeah. right? And they were, but then they started taunting the meter maid so that the meter maid had to resign. Oh, and man. then it made
1: it onto the Colbert Report, right? Or right. The, yeah, Colbert. Yeah, Report. that was
0: like two th- 2014. I remember.
1: Yeah, and then also then the best Keen. was like at the very end of the segment when they were following them around and like interviewing them. Mm-hmm. They're like. Just in case there is any shadow of a doubt, these guys are huge douchebags. <laughs> yeah. And they, so hopefully that dies down. But, I think it will. No, looking yeah. back at, at bartending, oh, what got, what got us on the subject is the free Staters would come in on Sundays for their meetings at our bar. They just, like, randomly selected our bar. Yeah. And uh, they'd come in for their meetings. Uh, and, like, I would say, you know, maybe like a quarter of them I thought were actually pretty cool guys you know, with okay ideas and really intelligent too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then as it grew, they attracted a lot of weirdos and uh, I don't know, like there was one guy that had a big like uh, Gandalf staff and he would pay us in uh, Sacagawea coins, (laughs) but he just reached over the bar and like grabbed the soda gun. Like, Hey man, like (laughs) you can't just pour your own root beer. Yeah. And he's like in my New Hampshire, you can. Yeah. He just tap his staff on the, On the bar, and they all had huge pistols too. That was the other thing; they had big handguns.
0: And also, it attracted—didn't it attract high school kids who just wanted to smoke weed by the gazebo in the center of town? Yeah, which I can't blame those kids for trying. You know, it's a nice uh, platform to smoke weed if you if you want to. But yeah, um, I think
1: the last time I kind of—I haven't looked at at that group in a while because I think I don't know if they're shrinking or maybe they're just secretly like growing right now. We just all don't know. Like they're. They've got a big, like, 2018 surprise for us where they're just going to take over the state. But I think that they're kind of losing a foothold. But Oh, hopefully. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, was A good, a good idea gone awry. That's how I'd sum it up. Mm. So how –
0: you know who does have good ideas, Sammy? Who's that? Josh does. He keeps sending me these letters um, telling me – like, they're very long, but uh, he'll, like, describe to me how technology is accelerating – and it, it'll eventually be the downfall of civilization as we know it, and it, it's rotting out mankind from the inside. He gets very <laughs> Are, passionate about it. No. Wait, you wrote a letter and, to him? And, no, and, tra- yeah, and how, and how there's going to be a, a reckoning. He Why don't you write like, me letters? I didn't write that to him. He's
1: Do you, was it about uh, AI? He's uh, Yeah, he's,
0: he'll write about that. He thinks AI is, is the, you know, it will end all of mankind, stuff like that. I can't he follow it he all He, he keeps calling me. He keeps saying because I live up in Vermont, I'm the Unabomber every episode. Yeah, I don't know if, if yeah. this
1: is the right forum, Travis, but I think he, yeah. He's, his mind is slipping a little bit. <laughs> anyways, we'll just take this offline well, anyways, afterwards. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit that out. I didn't but, notice. Uh, yeah.
0: We'll leave ju- that, some parts of Josh's life can be private, you know No <laughs> Yeah <laughs> An expose Joshua Robert Wyman I haven't even written you a letter, Travis I don't or but, t- or text- I talked to you on here, I don't need to write you a letter Yeah probably like, need some free uh, uh, or, after So me. you
1: guys are writing in your house, Sammy Yeah, we're in my house here uh, In Keene I won't say where it is But uh, yeah, we've been in here since 2012 Yeah. And slowly but surely, it's becoming our own little paradise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that a woodchuck still around, or what is it? Oh, yeah. uh, The big fatty? The big woodchuck in the backyard? Isn't he? Yeah, uh, I have a woodchuck in my... He's huge. He's huge? (laughs) He's the biggest woodchuck I've ever seen, uh, like TV or in person.
0: I think he would appreciate you describing him as husky or big body.
1: Mm, no, he's fat. <laughs> <laughs> he's, but you <laughs> described to me that, that he'll... That, right, he'll, that is he'll, what you call a fat fucking groundhog. <laughs> he's a groundhog? Or, I don't know, is that the same thing? No, woodchuck. He's a woodchuck. Same but thing? But you,
0: des- you described him to me as being like the size of a fattened bear for winter, but he... He just kind of Picture. will make his w- way over the fence into your garden, and then he'll just sit there
1: casually eating all your vegetables, right? Yeah. Well, and they say no, the bigger the bigger an animal gets, the less skittish it is because it just, you know, it knows that nothing can really bother it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this thing is like, yeah, it, it embodies that because he <laughs> he's probably like a, I would say a little. Over, he's probably eighteen inches tall. Mm -hmm. 18 uh, he might be even like two feet tall he's really big and Mm -hmm. he just has a big fat tummy and he comes out of the woods and he'll sit on there's a stump in my backyard we've got a really big window behind where josh and i are sitting right now it's like uh like 12 feet wide all glassy can look into the backyard and he'll just be out there in the morning i'll be sipping some coffee and i look out and he'll just be sitting on his haunches on a stump just like eating an apple and Josie, my black lab, she'll go to like yell at him and she'll bark at him and be like, rah, rah, rah. And he just kind of sits there. He'll just twist the apple around and just nibble on it. And then he just wades his fat ass back into the, the woods for the day. And then he like,
0: he doesn't even finish the apple. Right? No, he, he just leaves them. Yeah, he eats par- He partially eats the apples. Yeah. He's just lazy. And- oh, does he come back to the apples? No. He he's just waded- gets a new one. He's like, he's just a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just has so much uh, available food. He's like in a. a <laughs> he just has a lot of resources. Available. Hey, wait, have you have you named
1: this woodchuck Sammy? Mm, no. He's more. No. He's a little bit of like a nemesis. Well, I want to hear point. more about been, him
0: later on. Like, does he? What happens to
1: him in the winter? I don't know. I don't see him in the winter. He comes out in the spring, and then I'll see him all summer and all fall. And then he, I don't know where he goes if he like just burrows down. I think he probably takes a lot of the apples and then just puts them underground and just like feasts on those throughout the wintertime. Guys, listen to this little bit of news uh, from the New York Times. It says, Amish
0: people living in a rural part of Indiana have a rare genetic mutation that protects protects against diabetes and may extend life. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that well that's good. So they the Amish have a what is it, a genetic trait that protects against diabetes? A rare genetic mutation that protects against diabetes and may extend life. So they can just pound Cokes and Eat ho hos and it doesn't matter. Yeah, but they don't because they're Amish, right? They they can't even enjoy their superpower that they have because God prevents them.
1: So, Josh, I don't even know to, how. Oh, what? Well, I'll just saying, it, it's tough to eat a lot of sugar when you're whittling the the last wheel on your uh, your cedar rollerblades. Yeah, or your <laughs> no time for gummy worms. <laughs> your state of the art uh, buggy <laughs> to go to town. I think those people haven't figured out. I do you remember going on the American Heritage tour back in eighth grade. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was like this tour from, we went to the uh, Manadnock High School and there was like a tour when you're in eighth grade, you'd go down to Washington, D.C. and check out all the, like the historical Lincoln sites. Lincoln like Memorial, the, yeah. Yeah. Washington Monument. Yeah,
0: yeah, you go to. Intercourse,
1: Pennsylvania. Intercourse, yeah, yeah and then it, it would take a turn into Amish country. Yeah.
0: yeah, and then you just look at homemade rocking chairs, buy some rock candy and get on the bus and yeah. look at people with beards and uh, buggies. That was riding. the best.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there was a town, yeah, Travis said it. There was a town called Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And that was the big thing. Everybody would get a shirt and be like, I love intercourse. And then really it's tiny a, it would say, yeah, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I and mean, then so you wear it to school. wear yeah, it I yeah, I to I school as like a badge of honor. Like, yeah. Oh, you I got, got a, your
0: intercourse shirt? I got a little uh, pen knife that was, uh, said intercourse on a little piece of brass on it, on the pen knife. And I always, I don't know what happened to it, but I was really proud of it. Yeah. And uh, okay. I always thought it was a little weird that the Amish, we would kind of drive through like we were on safari looking at them. Like It almost reminded me of like when you see an elk or something in Yellowstone and then everyone slows down. Like if there's an Amish person like plowing a field, all the cars would kind of pull over Be and you like, watch them do it. Look, kids, that's a person who's completely decided to deny the century they live in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, have you guys ever seen the footage of like bears in Yellowstone when they just peeled peel down the side of a car door? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. to get inside and get the goodies. I just uh, this is ridiculous but I'm just thinking of like if a really strong Amish dude he smells like peanut butter in a car and he's like (laughs) 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 peels open their car door (laughs) like a brutishly strong village of Amish yeah they're like watch out for Jebediah on the little radio station you tune to they're like Jebediah is plowing a field today please uh, roll your windows all the way up keep your arms inside he loves (laughs) peanut butter yeah so uh, have have you seen your friend uh, Owen Wilson recently riding his mountain bike? Uh, no, I actually haven't seen any uh, buddy like that. No star sightings. No, no big no. big naturals out there. Big naturals, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give us some big naturals. What are some big naturals that yeah. are happening? Well, uh, a <clears throat> <clears throat> big natural three, was three, that. Uh, yeah, three big naturals. Three big naturals. So, well, uh, on Thanksgiving it was uh, the mid nineties. And um, I actually, wow. I went to Thanksgiving, and I wore, like, long pants and a dress shirt, <laughs> despite the fact it was mid-90s. What, just to be, like, tradi-
1: up, like, tradition? Like you I wanted guess to so, dress and nice? I just, yeah,
0: I just wanted to dress up. So and always- then I get there, and it's really warm, and everyone else had, like, shorts on, because it was mid-90s. They were all smart. <laughs> and I showed up, I was, like, sweating you know pretty bad but did the big natural for thanksgiving was that it was
1: very warm we've been we've been breaking records left and right out here oh no oh. i don't like heat records i that's why i stay up here i did a, i did 3 months in la with you guys in 2008 in the summer which was awesome but i couldn't i don't know how you do it it's too hot
0: oh when you were sleeping on our couch for yeah. the summer
1: in 2008 that was great yeah remember i worked at
0: uh california pizza kitchen yeah, at oh, right. yeah, Hollywood. You were you were so industrious because you showed up, and then like how within roll. a few weeks, you uh, got into a like a teaching course with the California Pizza Kitchen, yeah. right? Yeah, I remember
1: I got off the plane. I think I think Dad fronted me a couple hundred because I I think they were like, "This is a little bit dumb that you're going out to California without a job for the summer," and I I had I think. You know, like a hundred bucks in my bank account after the semester was done at Keene State. So Mm -hmm. he was really nice and gave me some money, like a little, you know, seeded my California adventure. (laughs) But I was like, shit, that's only going to last like a couple of weeks. And if I can't find a job, then I'm either going to have to like bum off you guys until you get sick of me or get like a flight back home and like, you know, beg them to get me a, a flight back to New Hampshire. So yeah, we landed, I think, on a Monday at, like 4 or 5 a.m. in L.A., and I slept a couple hours, and then you guys lent me a mountain bike, and I just put on a shirt and tie and started riding up and down Hollywood Boulevard, like going to all the Starbucks and the restaurants, and I saw a big sign out in front of the California Pizza Kitchen, or CPK. And Hollywood and Highland?
0: Yeah, Hollywood and Highland next to the Kodak Theater. Next
1: to the Kodak Theater and like Grauman's Chinese Theater where all the handprints are and stuff. I was like, oh, this is cool. This would be pretty prestigious to like work here every day. Yeah. And uh, they had like, I want to say it was like 60 people going for four spots at that Was it
0: like the the movie On the Waterfront? Like you're all just raising your hands or did you apply? Uh,
1: This was like they brought us all into the restaurant and like sat us in like a like one of the big dining rooms, and it was kind of like military, like working at California Pizza Kitchen is not just a job. They're like, it is a lifestyle. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll buy into this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we did a first round of interviews. Yeah, I think it was 60 people for four spots, and we did first round of interviews, and I got the first call back for the Pizza Kitchen. So the next day I rode back, and I did the second one. And then it got down to like ten of us and I had to do a third interview and I landed the job for the summer. Wait,
0: but you I get one of the four spots out of like sixty? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like
1: American Idol. Yeah, it was tough. It was yeah, it was tough. And so but I had to lie because they wanted at least a one year commitment and I knew that I it was I think May at that point in time and i had to be back to school for late august yeah but i was i made up a story like yeah my brothers live out here i'm gonna give acting a try and uh (laughs) i like i'm i want to you know just give it my all and at least stay out here a year and that was what they wanted to hear Mm -hmm. and so i got selected i got one of the four spots and then the first two weeks was just training out in burbank Mm -hmm. at a california peach kitchen out there
0: you had to borrow travis's subaru to go up there right
1: Yeah, yeah you guys just hooked me up i got the bike to get to the interview and then I got the car so I could go to the training, and it was two weeks paid training that they put it put into me, which had to you know that cost the company some money. In hindsight, so we'd go and they would t- run us through the kitchen, and you had to know every ingredient on every pizza, wine pairings that would go with the pizza. We tasted wow. every pizza, tasted every wine, and wait, I, and then this is all to be a waiter? To be a waiter, yeah. Wow It was crazy Remember I would study out on the porch
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah Yeah yeah. Maybe Do you think it was because it was a big Like their flagship place It's the busiest California
1: pizza kitchen in America
0: Oh okay So this is like It's a really big deal This is like What is it The 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 Bolshoi Yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) So yeah So I made it through training Uh, There was uh, Yeah There was an instructor named I think her name was Tien Mm -hmm. She's like Vietnamese She was really nice and she got me through the training, and then I was on the floor for my first day, like probably by like early June, at California Pizza Kitchen, and they had me running the takeout.
0: And then uh, wasn't there? There was a guy who was giving you trouble for not mm-hmm. buying the non-slip shoes yeah. that were required to be. Yeah, in the yeah. Kitchen. How did that go, Sam? So I had,
1: <laughs> I had, I bought a pair of like black uh, shoes, like they're like black dress shoes. At what was the place over by In and Out Burger that sold DSW
0: shoes? On, DSW on Sunset? Yeah, yeah, I got a uh-huh. pair of shoes shoe for wearers, like twelve bucks.
1: Yeah. They are yeah. like really cheap, like lace up black shiny shoes. Because you had one of the stipulations was you need to buy black food service shoes. Which I don't know if you've ever had to buy those like the non slip yeah, ones, the grippy. But, yeah, they're one. like eighty bucks mm-hmm. or something. I just didn't have that kind of money to spend at that point because my well was running a little dry. Because you didn't make like full pay during the training. So I bought a ten dollar pair of like fake food service shoes, but they had super <laughs> slick bottoms. So during every uh, shift, I was like just. Anybody who's worked in a restaurant knows that like in the back, it's just like a thin sheen of like Frisco oil. and oil. yeah, it's just really, really. So I would just slip and slide everywhere during the shift. So this one manager who was a super dick named <laughs> Scott. The rest of them were cool. <laughs> if they ever find this, but Scott was a super dick, and he'd be like. Hey, he's like, Sam, come see me at my office. And after a shift, he'd be like, hey, man. He's like, I told you twice now. Got to get the food service shoes. And I was like, yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get them. I'll get them for the next shift. And he's like, all right, man. And he kept warning me all summer. And uh, <laughs> finally, it got to like early August. And I didn't want to give, this is bad, but I didn't want to give two weeks notice because I needed to keep the job until I got out of there. So I did like a week's notice. And the shift started and i was like okay i got to got to tell him that like i'm leaving and i was really hoping it was going to be one of the nice managers but it was scott the dick <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so so i well, mean, and at
0: this point in time you'd made friends with a lot of people oh the, yeah uh, yeah, yeah we go right? out on like the they pick you up yeah they'd they bring great. you around yeah there was yeah. A, wa- a waitress that took you to whiskey Go-Go for yes. a rock show right her man yeah her yeah. man
1: played in the the band what was the band steel panther yeah she picked you up yeah. and took you over there yeah, yeah, yeah it was just she so was funny awesome.
0: cuz you You hadn't been there Too long And I'm like Oh I hope Sammy's Having a good time In uh, Los Angeles And then we hear like "Uh -uh," And there's like A waitress out in the car Waiting to pick you up To bring
1: you to a show How how old were you then? Uh, Let's see 2008 uh, I had just turned twenty-one in March of that year. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. Woo, so good time. All legal. Yeah, uh, uh,
0: and, all legal. And the, the legal and ready to go in Hollywood. Yeah. And, uh, so then, what happened when uh, you gave one week's notice and uh, and what was his name so, again? Scott. Scott. Yeah. So
1: yeah, so the like w- we'd fold, uh, like bundle up, like the forks and knives, and do all, like all the prep work and stuff, and then the shift was just about to start. And I was filling one of the ice machines and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it like right at the start of the shift so that I'll tell him and then, and then the shift will start and everything will just be super busy so that I'll be able to be like, Oh, got to go wait some tables. (laughs) So, so, and I told all my, all my friends, like Karen, the lady and like, uh, yeah, this girl, Beth. And I was like, I was like, Hey guys, just so you know, I'm leaving LA and they're like, Oh, that's too bad. And they
0: thought you were being an actor.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah i was like it's just not working out me and my, i said that you guys were leaving too so it was like we're all packing up the, the <laughs> wagon leaving. and heading back to new hampshire which totally wasn't true yeah i was just going back to college and uh they're like oh like sorry to hear but it's been a great summer i was like thanks guys so they all knew and then i waited till scott walked through just like it was like like five minutes before service started mm-hmm. I'm like hey scott i gotta talk to you and i broke the news to him i was like you know it's not working out out here i'm I'm really sorry, but I'm heading back to New Hampshire in like a week. And he stopped and paused for a little bit. And he just looked me straight in the eye. And he goes, you motherfucker. He's like, I knew that's why you weren't buying those goddamn food service shoes. And he just flipped out on me, like flipped out and was screaming and like putting his finger into my chest. And I'm like, oh boy, this is going a lot worse than I thought it was going to go. And were you you were wearing the cheap little shoes while he was, yeah? Doing probably that? his finger was just like pushing me across the floor. That'd because be funny if no uh, you started slipping around while he's, yeah. Pushing you fall down right when he's-, <laughs>
0: he's. he's like, like you God mother- damn
1: it, Sam. yeah, you motherfucker! I knew that's why you didn't buy those goddamn shoes. Yeah. And uh, but then all like my friends started sticking up for me, and they're like, "Lay off him, Scott!" And they back backed him down, and then the shift started, and I I got out of there.
0: Okay, yeah, well, that you know, I think you did that the best way you could. Uh, sorry if that caused Scott some stress. Sorry, Scott. Um, but you know, Sammy needed to make some money so he could spend the summer in LA. I hope
1: Scott found his Zen. Yeah, he's, yeah.
0: he's probably doing fine. Yeah. yeah, that was great, though. I mean, that's a life skill serving so many people. Oh, yeah, from, from yeah. all
1: over the world. Takeout was the hardest because. That's where all the studios would send their like Chevy Tahoes to get the food for like all the HBO shows and Yeah. Like big ones like Weeds used to buy uh, used to get a lot of their catering done by California Pizza Kitchen. So I'd take my uh pen at the takeout station and I'd draw little pot leaves on all the Take out containers for them. Oh, I'm sure. And they'd, they'd write little notes back. They're like this, like the, or like they loved it. Like keep it up.
0: <laughs> oh, writing the pot leaves. They're yeah, like that you did that. Yeah,
1: oh, that's cool. Little houses <laughs> they loved on it. the hillside. <laughs> yeah. So, so I basically left. Scott was really pissed. I did the whole shift and said bye to everybody and left on good terms with everybody except Scott. So, oh, okay. But, but yeah, I told them I didn't want to be. An actor or it was just too tough and, like, it was breaking me down. Which is true. I didn't, the whole time I was out there, I had no aspirations of acting whatsoever. That was, like, that was your gig. Yeah, you you never considered it at all? Well, so I did, early on in in life, Mom made me audition for a Lions Club play. Mm Mm-hmm. In Keene? Oh, yeah. Lions that. Club's like, that's national, right? I don't have to explain yeah, that. Lions yeah, Club. Lions Club. Yeah, Lions Club. So it was like a play at this big theater in Keene called The Colonial. And they do it yearly as a big fundraiser, I think in February or March. And so I did it. I think the first one I did, I was 10 years old. And it was a production called Damn Yankees. Mm-hmm. And I was like ball boy number six. Yeah. And I liked it enough that the next year I was like, hey, Mom, can you drive me to the audition for the Lions Club play? And it was a production called Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah. And I tried out for a supporting lead role, uh, which was Randolph McAfee, which is the son of like the main family. Yeah. And I landed it. All right. Nailed it. And along with that, that role, I had two solos that I had to sing which was kind of a big deal I mean like you, I was I think 11 years old or, or 12 maybe
0: you can I've heard you sing though you have some pipes so I'm a uh, karaoke guy you're a karaoke guy uh, but, so then so you you rehearsed those and you get you got pretty good yeah and then the, the performance night came mm-hmm. and uh and what were you doing uh well, this is a performance that we were watching with our parents we were yeah. waiting for your big scene
1: yeah and I what? think this was a Saturday night like big show Mm -hmm. where most of our family showed up and so i was like nervous but excited Mm -hmm. and first solo went off without a hitch nailed it and the second one was a song called what's the matter with kids today and classic yeah a classic google it if you've not heard it before bye bye birdie what's the matter with kids today and listen for the Mm -hmm. the boys part that was me yeah it's like
0: a really high-pitched little kid singing it yeah
1: Yeah. yeah. What's the matter with What's kids, the matter today? kids today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jazz hands, the whole nine yards. So And so, yeah, so I was, yeah, I was 11 or 12. And before that second solo, I was down in the dressing rooms with a lot of the girls who were in the play who were like high school girls. So I thought I was all cool because I was hanging out with like the older girls and stuff we're in, in you know hanging out in. One, I think the makeup room or something like that mm-hmm. having a laugh
0: that backstage magic yeah you know? exactly
1: yeah. and all of a sudden one of the stage managers ran down like, and I could hear him in the distance it was like has anybody seen Sam? has anybody seen Sam? and my <laughs> I just got a big pit in my stomach and instantly, I went from being, like, so happy and, like, playing some sort of, like, you know, like, hand slap game with the girls to, like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, they're looking for me. <laughs> and, uh, and all of a sudden the door busts open and, and they're, like, they're like, Sam, you're on now. You're solo. And I was like, oh, 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 my God. And so they, like, grabbed me and they ran me up the stairs. And then, as soon as I get up to the level of the stage, I can hear the rest of my stage family, and they're doing the What's the Matter with Kids Today <laughs> song, and they are just filling in for my part. Oh, and it's like, because oh. <laughs> it was like you guys, mom, dad, like aunts, uncles, you know, I don't know who was there, my teachers. Mm-hmm. And so, what they did was they just kind of like slid the curtain halfway aside and i ran out on the stage for the, like the last like big note of the song and just slid through my stage dad's legs and like cut my hands under my chin and did like like a, a really like a wink and <laughs> and uh, really just really just selling it
0: yeah. like you had yeah. been, that was like the finale that you'd planned for
1: weeks exactly other than my in my, my you know in my perfect world i would have sang every every note and then done that so then the curtains closed. People are clapping, um, and as soon as the curtains closed, I just started sobbing uncontrollably, oh. and my mascara started running. So they had to run me back down to redo my makeup oh. uh, because those, I still had more scenes after that. What did
0: those high school
1: girls do when, when I didn't talk to them? Oh, they didn't. They didn't. Console no, they you, no, or? they did. They consoled me. I, didn't, oh. yeah, they felt really really bad because they They're were supposed to be like the older ones guiding you. well, they, well, a young thespian. Well, that's
0: Funny because like from what I remember, I didn't know that that was a mess up watching it and i feel like that always happens a lot like that's what, watching the show i was like oh sammy sang a song and then he slid under that guy's legs and now he's in some other
1: stuff i so i didn't know all the turmoil that that's was what dad told about. me he was like yeah to tell you the truth like we didn't if we hadn't known and watched like a dress rehearsal nobody would have known. you played it off and i was like oh okay that's good yeah yeah but it's, it's funny that you remember him. it yeah. oh it was scarring hmm Hmm. Yeah. I, was, I told that story at work uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, my friend John at work also had a really embarrassing story. Did I tell you about this one, Josh? Yeah, would oh. he be okay if you told this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so he—so my friend John, uh, about the same age as me, a little bit younger— but when he was in, I think, third grade Space Jam. So Space Jam was like the big movie of that year. And I apologize, John, if I'm butchering sure, these, but Bill Murray. But there was like a talent show or something like that. And so for his thing, he was going to um, do a dance to the Space Jam rap. Like in front of his whole At school. At grade school talent show. his grade show. school, yeah, yeah. Like second or third grade. Uh, so he was on the bus that morning. He'd done like his choreography for his hip-hop dance to the Space Jam song. He's on the bus and And you guys had the same bus to get into school? No, 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 no. he he grew up in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. That's a guy he works oh, with right now. Yeah, yeah, yes. he oh, was oh, just sorry. He sorry. told me this story after I told my embarrassing one. He was kind of like bonding over like really embarrassing childhood stories. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he got on the bus. I'm going to crack another bud. He got he got on the bus that morning and the bus took off from his bus stop. And they were like halfway to the school and he realized he'd forgotten his Space Jam cassette tape. Oh, it was no. still in his bedroom Oh, oh no. and he was going to the school and it was like, you know, pre cell phone. He couldn't like text his parents or like ask him to pull up the song on YouTube when he got to school. No. Like that was the hard copy of the Space Jam rap that he was going to dance to. So it got time for his performance. And I was like, so did you call it off? Like, did you just bow out? And he's like, no, I decided to push forward uh, and he got up on the stage, sans music, just pure silence, and did his entire Space Jam rap dance, but just in <laughs> pure silence. So all you- Just like hearing him grunting? Yeah, well, no, so he's just like a, l- a little guy dancing on the stage. He said you could just hear, like, his shoes squeaking on the floor, like, eh. But he got so upset that he didn't have the music that he also started like sobbing uncontrollably. So he's just a little kid just squeaking <laughs> around on, up on the stage, <laughs> sobbing uncontrollably. And nobody had any clue like what he was supposed to be dancing to or anything. So it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> like uh, uh, I, he told, he told me that. That's almost like I'm, performance art. Like if
0: you if you did that, yeah, somewhere. Oh like my the, god! I don't know, like <laughs> the Guggenheim or something. That people would all like clap and watch. <laughs> yeah, just in an empty <laughs> white room in the Guggenheim or so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the he, la-
1: LACMA. oh he told me that i was crying i i just the way, i didn't do it justice there but like just picturing that just the squeaky shoes and just crying and like all these adults like all the teachers probably just horrified like oh this poor young man
0: <laughs>
1: just, yeah well
0: i can't even i don't even remember any of the songs from space jam but
1: can we play songs on here or that would probably get us that would get us pulled
0: no i'm i mean oh oh i know uh it's the one with more michael jordan is with uh You can play it on your Spike, phone. Yeah. Spike Lee. Remember that? Michael Jackson did jam. Yeah. Da-da-da. Hold on, Sam, Sam's gonna get it up real quick.
1: Yeah, I'll just it's can okay. I play it through my phone? It probably yeah. won't be good. It's okay. Geico has a ninety seven percent. Not a
0: sponsor oh, okay. not a sponsor, wait, 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 but you'd welcome them. A hold on a second, hold on. Out in. Can you skip it? No. no. What about now? These damn ads, Do you, know what you what can't got, skip go. them. Here we go.
1: Everybody get up, it's time yeah. to slam now. We got a real jam going yeah. down. Welcome to the space Welcome jam. Welcome to, the space, no jam. Space to jam. the space jam. Do you remember this? So now just picture a third grader. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember me and Jeff used to jump on his trampoline to this. Oh, this. Yeah, little kids love jumping around. Yeah, my Jeff. So Jeff, my best friend, growing up, he wanted he wanted his dad to buy uh, the the Bush uh, album, Razorblade Suitcase. It was like 1996. Let's back off the Space Jam song. So his. His dad Bud went to uh, the C D store to buy it, buy a razor blade suitcase, the Bush album. And so he went and to did he, get the, did he get the album? Well, so he had it in his hand and then he noticed parental advisory sticker on the front. And he came home later that night. I was having dinner over at their house. He was like, I didn't get the Bush album, but I got the Space Jam album And at first <laughs> you were like, What the hell? like <laughs> Come on. We wanted you it's know. probably
0: recommended by some teenager in the store.
1: Yeah, probably some, like, checkout guy. Yeah. Because we wanted, like, glycerin. Don't let your days go by. Yeah, it was a good album. And then we were getting, come on, Space Jam. But over the course of a few weeks, we popped that into a CD player, and it became, like, our anthem for jumping on his trampoline.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, just like the Monstars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. It was awesome. Yeah. Let's see, I, uh, I'm looking at WCAX, which is the local Vermont news, and um, there's a story, it just shows a man with a black eye in a mugshot, and it says, uh, crash caused by man letting child steer. Oh, Jesus. And he, he was driving, and he was working the gas and the brake, but he let his child steer, Ooh. and the child steered him into a telephone pole. Uh, you, are they are they okay? they're all okay but dad uh, let us know. do that yeah we used to sit the old in gmc our, yeah gmc and our, our dad had a honda civic hatchback and we lived near a dirt road and he used to let us sit in his lap and steer and he would work the gas and the brake but we never would steer off the road so i don't know but he'd let you gets-
1: go as far as the ditch i remember like like putting us down in the ditch a couple times <laughs> just be like whoa get it back up yeah <laughs> you're like oh shit Mm-hmm. I think the key, there was,
0: the key with letting your five-year-old drive the car is you need to take control of the wheel when they're steering
1: off the road. I just actually, a few weeks ago, got back from Denver. I was there for work. So it was, it was a, a business trip. I went to Las Vegas for uh, a day and a half, and then I was in Denver for a day visiting customers. And I was dropping the rental car off at the Denver airport. And I was just tired, and you know, like you get done with with that many days of business, and it's just like really long days, and you talk to a lot of people, and yeah. you, know, you just kind of want to unwind. And uh, I'm in the Fox Rent a Car shuttle to go from the rental car agency over to the airport, and it's just me on the rental car bus. It was like snowing out. It was kind of late at night, and we're taking off, and I'm starting to talk to the bus driver, and we hear do, 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 do. hey do, 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 do. hey and there's this woman running next to the bus pushing a baby stroller that wanted to get on. So we're like, oh, I said, hey, there's somebody out there. And he was like, Psh, like, pulled the bus over and opened the door. And I went to the door to help her pull her baby, uh, baby stroller up. And mm-hmm. I look out and it's not a baby stroller. There's like a little like frou fru dog in like a push stroller. And then the the lady, <laughs> but she probably she weighed at least five or six hundred pounds. Like she was like like three of me. And mm-hmm. and so I'm like, well, this is interesting. And so I help the I help her pull the stroller up with the little dog and we get it onto the bus. And so it's like a big bus. And she sits right across from me with her stroller. And so we take off, and the bus like and we head over towards the Denver airport. And as we're going, like the dog stroller had just enough room in the aisle to just kind of like bounce back and forth as we're driving and taking turns. And it just <laughs> kept hitting me in the knee. And there's just this like a uh, little like rat terrier dog just staring at me like sliding back and forth across the aisle. And then this girl. <laughs> who was really nice, like, wanted to talk. I was like, okay. Like, I had my earbuds back in, and I took them out, and I was like, oh, you know, she's really friendly, so we're, we're you know, having a conversation, and I'm like, what do you do? She's a traveling nurse uh, that works at, like, hospital labs all around the country, and does, like, I think she tests, like, urine and... Stuff like that. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. she was on assignment in Denver and then she was heading to Illinois. But anyways, the dog is like a service dog that flies with her everywhere. So they have all these adventures together. They had a cool Instagram together. And she was just like, mm-hmm. je- "What's the dog's name?" I, I wish that I knew because yeah, I can't remember. Oh, I was just so like swept okay. up in like this per, this girl's personality. Like, and uh, so we keep driving. We're talking about dogs. I told her about Josie, my lab, and how like she she always tries to get into the front seat when I'm driving. She's like, "Oh, she needs a uh, she needs the back seat hammock." Give me your number. I'll text you a, a coupon to Chewy.com. And so I was like, okay. So I'm like giving out my digits to this girl and uh mm-hmm. and we're riding along in the car and then she goes oh she's like now i know that you like dogs can you help me you know decide what costume i should put on my little dog here for Halloween, i was like yeah sure so she just like jumps across the aisle and like saddles right up next to me and she's like flipping through photos on her phone of all these different costumes like her dog was like a ladybug and a monkey and a princess <laughs> oh like she she had taken pictures of all the previous yeah, we Halloween's were like best friends dog. in like two minutes yeah she was yeah. like had, oh wow so we had a, we had like a great ride to the airport i helped her pick out the the costume for her dog and Which then one did you pick Uh, I like, the princess was great because the dog had like a cone, uh, hat on with like the big streamer thing. Yeah. And then it, (laughs) it was just awesome. But so, so I'm like, well, Hey, so it was a happy dog. Really happy dog. dog. Yeah. Happy girl, happy dog. They were just great, but just Mm -hmm. like kind of an odd couple. It was just like, (laughs) like, like one, one of a kind, like you don't meet somebody like that very often. Yeah. And, uh, Mm -hmm. So so, it was just an interesting 10 minutes, needless to say. So we say bye. I say, you know, have a safe flight. I help pull the stroller, the dog stroller down the stairs and um, go into the airport. And that was it. And I check my bag. And I don't know if we've – you been to the Denver airport in a while? Like, yeah, it's like a big yeah, tent. It's, it's like a, like a, big, a big tent with high tent. ceiling. So there's like a really tall escalator. It was like two or three stories. And so mm-hmm. I check my bag and I'm going up that escalator. And when you get to the top of that one, then you go down an escalator another, you know, two or three stories. It's like a big, you know, you got to get up and over something. And so I go Mm -hmm. up and then I'm stepping onto the escalator to go down the other side. And I just hear, help, help. I was like, what? I couldn't tell if I heard something or not. I think I had one earbud in and I pulled that out. And then I hear, help, help. And by that time, I'm like halfway down the escalator. But I just decided something didn't seem right. So I turned and I did the run where you try to run against the escalator, which took a like, pretty long time to get back up to the top. Oh, you went all the way back All the way back up. Yeah, Because then I was hearing it. I was hearing like, help. And I got mm-hmm. to the top. And I looked down the up escalator. And this girl is halfway up flat on her back, legs spread eagle facing, like, up the escalator. And she's just getting dragged up it. Her uh, dog baby carriage at the bottom is just getting tumbled at the bottom. And the dog's at the bottom yapping with the leash getting sucked into the escalator.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah.
1: And I'm, like, even uh, I was, like, in a really tired kind of, like, groggy state. But I just like instincts kicked in. I flipped up the the red button thing and like hit the red button at the top of the escalator, and it brought everything to a stop. And so I I'm running down the escalator to get to her. Like she poor girl was like a like a story and a half up this thing on her back with her legs like like just like she had pants on and everything. She didn't have a dress on, but just like mm-hmm. in a really awkward position going up. And so I'm trying to get her upright, but I can't. And I'm like pulling and pulling, and she's just very big. And so I mm-hmm. turned around and I said, "Wait there!" I ran up the escalator, ran down the other side, got up underneath her, and got a shoulder mm-hmm. under her back and kind of like walked her up. And at that point, mm-hmm. then there was two security guards that came from the top and helped her up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got her like walked down, and the craziest part was that the dog at the bottom had like probably another foot and a half of leash left before it was fully sucked into the escalator. Oh yeah. man, like it would have been yeah. killed. And then we got like the carriage uprighted again and um she was like, wow she she was she was just saying like how crazy is that that like by happenstance we happened to have like a ride there together in the the rental car shuttle, and then you know, like nobody was around. Like if, if I hadn't been riding down the other side, well, probably that, would have. Just th- yeah, thanks
0: to you, that dog's wearing a little princess costume. That's right. You know? Yeah, or it did would. Wear, it yeah. just made me feel really good. Yeah. Well, Sam, you're like a little little superhero. I, I feel like did you did she text you after that? No,
1: no, no. We haven't communicated. Oh, no. oh, okay,
0: that but was just one of those one time one time deals. deals. Yeah, that was it. We didn't need words. lightning in a bottle. Well, yeah. Lightning in a bottle. You know, what else is uh, kind of uh, coincidental and kind of supernatural is what you've been telling me about that um, door in your house. What's up with that? The, Josh was talking about that. You mean early. the ghost? Yeah, the ghost. There's a ghost in your
1: house. Kevin. Right? Yeah, we're actually in that house. This is yeah, that we're house. in the house. We're yeah. We're literally under the... So you guys have talked about it on the podcast before, how my closet door in my bedroom. Yeah, it opens by open. itself. Yeah. And I heard, mm-hmm. was it Jack that was really, he seemed like he was like doubting it. Uh, well, he doesn't believe in ghosts. Oh, he doesn't? Yeah. Well, Jack, if yeah, you're listening, yeah. uh, it's real. Kevin's real. Kevin's a ghost in my house. And I, don't, I didn't believe in ghosts either, really, until we moved in here. There was like another episode that Josh and I witnessed when we were younger, where we were gardening at this woman's house on a lake. And a sliding door that had been stuck all summer just slid on its own. Yeah, it just slid and short. slammed and yeah. and then reopened. That was weird. But what happens at my house? What, what, what was the yeah? What was the first time you saw Kevin? Uh, so well, in the middle of the night, the closet door in my and Carly's bedroom will just open and it does this really loud, like long creak, like 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 a classic. That was a good Thank creek. <laughs> It'll do like a classic creek. And it, so I'd always just chalked it up to like, you know, our house is from 1950. It's settling and probably the, you know, it's like uneven, which it is. Like Paul Newman's yeah, there. Yeah, I've done some work on it. It's really tough to get some of the things square because it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's just like an older house. But Josh and I were editing a video probably like three years ago upstairs. And all of a sudden the door just, you heard the latch, the latch would like jump. It would just go, and then you hear, <laughs> he's like, what was that? I was like, oh, it's Kevin. Just like as a joke. And, uh, you know, cause it was just normally at that point at that point. And uh, he was like, well, why does the door open? I was like, oh, old house settles, you know, uneven floors. So he's like, well, let's go look at it. So we, we went to the door, and he's like, close it. So I closed it. He's like, so what makes it open? I was like, I don't know. Walk around a little bit. Like, you know, that probably will do it. And we walked around for, it had to be what, like 10? Uh, five, five minutes. Yeah, like, yeah. like a, a good just amount of jumping time. On like jumping
0: on the floor. Like oh, jumping on the floor. I went downstairs. up and down trying to make it open. Yeah, I went downstairs. Yeah.
1: I jumped around. Nothing could open it. And then we looked at the latch. And when the wrought iron latch goes down, it goes like a good half inch down into the slot. Like the, It's not like it's just barely kissing the... The latch where it needs it's to go like into The house
0: would have to move a half
1: inch yeah, to, like, to unlatch like,
0: the door. <laughs> yeah. Like the
1: house would have to jump. And uh, hmm. so, so then after that, you know, I started paying attention to when it would come open. It's always like middle of the night. It opens and, you know, so it's a ghost. And we've just named that ghost Kevin. Or another. Do you get scared? Do you, no. you feel uh, pins and needles? Well, needle? I didn't no. until a couple weeks ago. Uh, Carly was getting ready to go out. And she was upstairs in the bedroom, and I just heard her say, Sam, Sam. And it didn't sound too urgent, so I kind of took my time. And and I I get upstairs, and she is just, like, bracing the entire door on her shoulders because the screws had come out of the wall, like, just randomly, and the whole door had just ripped itself out and fallen towards her while she was doing her makeup.
0: Is there anything hung on the door?
1: Uh, there's a mirror on the door, and on the back there's like some ties and like some like some of her scarfs hmm.
0: but nothing like there's not like five backpacks no.
1: and stuff no like that. no, no no no, this was like uh. like this thing had been solid in there for like years like each each, oh, each uh hinge had four deep screws, like wrought iron mm-hmm. screws into a solid board because I checked the board and it's not rotten or anything like that. So so it's not it's n- nothing else
0: in the the house. You don't have flour like if you sprinkle flour on the floor you wouldn't see anything. It's just this one door always pops yeah. open.
1: Yeah. So I told I told Chris, yeah. uh the owner of the the company I work That's for. Weird. He's like, "We got to get some infrared cameras in there." So, um we're going to get some, I think, some mid wave infrared and some long wave infrared cameras in there to see if we can see any like cold yeah. masses. Cause I think
0: you Sam, some- could you, could you do that and then you, uh, call in to yeah, Josh nine and, and you can absolutely. give us an update on, on how Kevin's absolutely. doing? Cause like I, I kind of want to keep, the, uh, you know, an update going on yeah. Kevin. I want to see if Kevin is real or if Kevin is just like something that happens with the house when yeah. it settles. Uh, you he know,
1: could, he could be listening right now. It's true. Well, another theory that I have yeah. is, uh, I think it might be the ghost of Paul Newman because uh, Paul Newman <laughs> stayed at my house in 1992. He came to Keene to donate money to the Boys and Girls Club, and he didn't like staying at hotels to use money from his charities, so he would stay with like people if they offered the room. So Paul Newman stayed in the guest room that Josh is sleeping in tonight in 1992, and he's since passed, and I like to think that maybe it's Paul.
0: Oh, well, that would be nice. Do you think he
1: caroused? Did, did Did Paul Newman
0: carouse with the local women when he was here? Or? I like to think so because I've, I've heard I've heard the quote that he said, "Why, why go out and have a hamburger when you can have a steak at home?" You know, so <laughs> I, I doubt he caroused with women in Keene. No, I mean, but Hollywood. Uh, I'm sure he just went to bed like a good Hollywood boy. has a lot of problems, but I don't think Paul Newman was one of the troublemakers. So, I think that's it. we've covered a lot of stuff. So. Uh, we'd love to have you back on oh, sammy. Like it was back fun. On. i feel like we, we i feel like we just scratched the surface of who sammy wyman oh, is and like what sammy Wyman's is yeah. doing you know i'd like to hear more about the the woodchuck i'd like to hear more about kevin
1: so yeah thanks a lot for coming oh, thanks on thanks for having me yeah i feel honored to be uh you know your third guest uh would have liked to have been the first but i'm over it and i would like to be on again soon um. Who else are you guys gonna? Are, who else is gonna be on here? Do you know yet? I mean, oh, you... probably
0: probably uh, Will Smith next week. Sweet. And, yeah. Thanks a lot. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend together. And I'll jo- come join you in a little bit. All, all right? right. Yeah. Okay.
1: We'll, we'll see you at yeah.
0: Christmas. All right. This has been stacking wood with Josh and Travis Wyman. Uh, see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs>